0: Hello, wrestling family. Welcome to Sound the Whistle with IHSA wrestling official, Tony Clark. Each week, I will bring you interviews with prominent figures in the sport of high school wrestling.
1: Welcome to Sound the Whistle with Tony Clark. On this episode, Tony himself is back to chat with us. I, again, get to steal the mic from him and play the host and get to talk to him a little bit about assigning. So welcome, Tony.
0: Well, thank you, Season. Uh... Thanks for doing this again for me uh, some of the topics that we're going to talk about.
1: I like it. I might just hijack your show. I may take over. Never let you come back. I'll be the new Tony Clark.
0: (laughs) And I think there's a lot of people out there that would uh, probably appreciate (laughs) hearing from you more, though, than listening to my gruff voice. No
1: way. You have such a soothing voice. It makes me so happy just listening to you talk. So that's why this is so much fun for me. So we're going to talk about assigning this time. Another one of the many hats that you wear. Um, Let's just start with a very simple, basic. What's a day in the life of an assigner like?
0: Hmm, That's an interesting question. Um, Assigning wrestling,
2: because
0: I've never assigned any other sports, so this is the only one that I know. But assigning wrestling is is, uh, very unique. Um, sometimes it's very frustrating a lot of times it's very fulfilling um, it's all about your approach as an assigner so uh, with wrestling we, we're, we're, we have a unique dynamic um, I work with a bunch of assigners who are very like minded uh, John Schaus, Ray Weinsberg, Gene Lee John and Jeff Nudera, Tony Lombardo um, Nate Kesson um, just to name a few, and there's a young signer down in the southern part of the state, Shay Brodus, who's uh, you know helping out down there to help them, uh, and Blake Orrin, who they're they're trying to help their part of the state get brought up on the uh, the signing process. Um, we all use, or the majority of us use, a program called Arbiter, which links us with officials across the whole state. Um, which makes our job um, easier to communicate but it makes it difficult in other aspects. Um, For years we've been using digitized assigning and we only know a lot of people via email. We don't know what they look like, we don't know what they sound like. Um, When I first started assigning was done via telephone and not the mobile phones that you have grown up with. <laughs> I'm talking about the old rotary dial where you dial the number and you had to wait for the dial to come back before you can dial the other number. Uh, it was done with paper and pen, pencil, um, put a stamp on the envelope and mail it back to your assigner the, the contract. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say we didn't even have fax machines. In the beginning, we didn't have computers. That was that was definite. I don't even think we had the fax machine capability. Everything was done what you would know as snail mail today.
2: Yeah, there wasn't so how no long
0: internet. did it
1: take you to sign back then?
0: Um, it was a much more difficult process because <laughs> you, you well, but again, you you got a commitment over the phone uh, with the person, and then you followed up that commitment with the written piece of paper that they had to sign, and then you had to maintain those files. Um, that they agreed to do something and you gotta hope that they wrote it in the calendar. And, <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. Um
0: it was a challenge, but that's how things were done and it's evolved to where now everything's digital, um, in the assigning process. So, uh I'm not gonna totally speak for my fellow assigners, but I think if we didn't have fun doing what we do, we wouldn't continue to assign year after year. Um you know, some of us get paid uh, better than others. You know, I won't throw my friend Ray Weinsberg under the bus. <laughs> but uh, some of us, you know, we do it, it, it. He Ray does it for the love of. But uh, there, there's a little small monetary uh, reward at the end. But I think the biggest reward is knowing that um, you help somebody.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, again, as an assigner, just like an official, we're in service um, we're in service to the schools who contract us we're you know and that goes deeper we're serving those wrestlers we're serving those coaches and again we're serving those fans mm-hmm. to find them the best referee official possible to call that match or tournament
1: mm-hmm. and when you don't that 's on you guys and you guys have let them down so
0: that's the mm-hmm. perception um again uh just like officiating, we're we're only as good as our weakest link. Mm-hmm. Um, the official is an extension of what we do. Um, it's that symbiotic relationship. Uh, we need those officials in order for the assigning process to work. And you know, we 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 do what we can. Um, do we always get it right? No. Do we always give the person the right assignment? No. Um, the I think one of the biggest things we're learning as assigners is we have to understand what motivates the official. You know, some officials mm-hmm. just just want to do it for fun. They're not looking mm-hmm. for high-stress contests or anything like that. They just want to be out there and give back. And you have to know that so you don't put them in a situation they don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the official who's looking to move up to the state level. So you have to know that so you give them an assignment that's going to prepare them for being on the state floor and and that's probably one of the most frustrating parts of the assigners job is to um, get that part right. Um, We don't want to put someone in a situation Mm -hmm. where they're in over their head because Mm -hmm. um, and I forget who told me this years and years ago, it's when when you make a mistake or you give a bad impression. It's hard to overcome that, and it takes a lot of doing things right before you can erase that one bad memory. So if we put an official out there uh, too soon, who's not ready to call that mm-hmm. match, people are going to always remember the last thing you did that wasn't good. Right. You know they don't remember the last good thing you did. They remember the last bad thing you did. And if you had an off night or you weren't ready, they're gonna. That's gonna stick mm-hmm. with them. And you, it's going to take a lot of years to overcome that if we let that happen to someone. So um, that's that's, that's uh, pretty important for the assigners to uh, have to deal with because wrestling officials, uh, they don't, they don't, it's hard to get them to stick around. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, a lot of them don't have, they thought they had thick skin. They mm-hmm. found out. First time they get yelled at, they didn't have thick skin. Um, Because we're not allowed to yell back. You know, we're, we, we, I think the Obamas, you know, tried to coin the phrase, you know, you take the low road and we'll take the high road. Uh, Officials have to take the high road at all times. We have to be professional at all times. So no matter what the heat, we have to rise above it. So Mm -hmm. that's hard. Um, People don't come back because of that. Um, Some people, they feel that, you know, they're ready today Mm -hmm. to call a state tournament. Mm -hmm. But the process that they have to go through, they want to fast track it. Mm -hmm. And um, in this state, we have what we call a rating system Mm -hmm. that determines if you're going to get that call or not. And a lot of them don't want to wait for the rating system Mm -hmm. because they don't believe in it. they think we as assigners can just you know wave that magic wand and they're on the state floor the next day. It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. That's a misconception. Um, we can help you get there mm-hmm. with good assignments that get you the ratings, mm-hmm. but all we can do is put you in the building. You have to perform once we put you in the building. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me. I played the violin as a kid. What? Yes. So just because the instructor gave me the violin doesn't mean music was coming out of it. I was gonna have to practice, practice practice just to play twinkle twinkle little star and I realized as a kid this ain't happening I don't have this type of dedication to this violin but I thought man you're gonna give me that violin and I'm gonna be you know in somebody's concert uh-uh. it's just and that's the same thing with with officiating just because you buy a whistle some wristbands and, and the uniform, on paper, you're mm-hmm. an official, but you have to practice, 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 practice to make yourself uh, wanted mm-hmm. by the masses to be on that state floor. Um, so that, that that's a part of the assigning job that we have to help the officials realize and balance. Um, there's only 36 officials out of 500 signed up in the sport of wrestling. They're going to work the state tournament. Wow. So... Um, the criteria is, is, is very steep, mm-hmm. and we will do our part to get them there, but uh, we need them to you know, also be patient and do their part and, and hone their skills mm-hmm. so they're noticed to get okay. there. So um, that was a roundabout way of saying how much I love assigning.
1: <laughs> was, so, but talking about this and those officials that do want to get to, to the state level, what are some things that they can do to get a schedule that will advance them to that next level?
0: Um, talk to your assigner. Um, like I said, we have a lot of assigners in our in our under our umbrella of arbiter, and each of us is uh, open-minded and willing to help that person that that has those goals. Um, but it goes back to. Being able to accept criticism, mm-hmm. um, as a signers each of us hear about performances, mm-hmm. you know, how well an official did, how, how bad an official did. We don't always share that information because not everybody's willing to hear that information. Okay. Some officials have gone into a building and walked out and thought, man, that was the best match I've ever called in my life. And not even realizing that a signer's phone is just blowing up. Please don't send this person back here ever again. Uh. You know, so it, it sometimes it's perception. But uh, if people want to move up, they have to be willing to hear the criticism, um, both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I forgot some course I took years ago in my training life that uh, anytime you have to deliver negative news, you should end it with positive news. Yeah. And that is true, but it's hard to get wrestling officials sometimes to hear the negative news before you can get to the positive news. Uh, Because we're very, we're very, uh, you can't be a good official if you're not arrogant. You know, you have to have some level of arrogance. um, Because you have to have that confidence. You have to be arrogant enough to have the confidence to say, I got this. I can do this. I'm going to get this right. But then you have to have, you have to be humble enough. When you don't get it right and someone of experience comes along and says, Wow, you really uh, didn't do a good job with that call, be it a coach or be it another official or just a fan, there's some very knowledgeable fans out there. You have to put your ego aside and be able to hear them in order to move up. So, again, you have to talk to your assigner, listen to what your assigner has to say, you know. Um, we as assigners, we try to be as, as honest as possible. Um, we try not to be that blunt force instrument that's going to hurt someone's feelings and chase them out of the sport. But, uh, you know, I I probably thought more of myself in my first 15 years than I probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've gotten older I, I, I've learned that humility and it ain't about me
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know it, it, it's I, I try to get most of my calls right and I think I do come pretty close or I probably wouldn't have achieved what I have achieved but uh, that's the first thing I have to learn it is not about me this sport was here before I got here and it's gonna it's going to still be here when I leave so that you have to put to the side. I have to put that ego that that makes me a good ref, I also have to put that ego back in check mm-hmm. so I can hear what others have to say. So that's the biggest thing. Uh, if someone wants to move up, they have to come to the assigner and be willing to hear what the assigner has to say.
1: Is there any training on that? I mean, we've talked in previous podcast episodes about sort of the training that goes into the rules, the regulations. Is there any type of training for these officials on how to do that? what you're just talking about, how to keep their egos in check, how to deal with, how to grow a thick skin, how to keep calm in frustrating situations. Um,
0: we have, as clinicians, uh, instituted or, or added to our training program that officials are required to take once every three years, and those officials that aspire to climb take it every year. Uh, we put we put things in there. We give them. We try to give them confidence and rule knowledge. Um, we have a, session, a section or a module called uh, conflict resolution mm-hmm. to try to teach them um, those coping skills. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard to teach someone in thirty minutes in a module like that. Um, all the skills they're going to need on a wrestling mm-hmm. mat. It, it's very hard. Uh, wrestling is a is a profession that you learn. Uh, baptism by fire. You have to. You have to get in the fire mm-hmm. to know what you're made of, and um, want to come back the next day mm-hmm. and want to get better and find that mentor or find that person who can help guide you. Sometimes it's an assigner. Sometimes the assigner can put you with another official who's willing to mentor you and. Uh, help bring you along. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is we, we, we have something to help them. Um, but the school of hard knocks, yeah. the uh, just being out there on the mat is, is, mm-hmm. is the best teacher unfortunately.
1: Yeah, they have to do the work themselves. They have to figure this out.
0: <laughs> and and it, it's very hard when you're dealing with such an aggressive sport.
2: Okay.
0: To uh, just like the wrestlers, they they enter the, the arena alone. They went alone. I mean, there's a team that helps prepare them and just the same for the official. There's going to be a team behind them, Mm -hmm. but when they enter that arena with the two contestants, they're alone. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And can you think of, just off the top of your head, it's been a little bit since I think you've been on the mat as an actual official, but I mean, what are some of these mechanisms you use in situations that you've had to find yourself calming yourself down, not Getting aggressive back when people come at you. I mean, what are some things you've learned over time to help you better prepare for those situations?
0: Uh, I Maturity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because wrestling is aggressive, like I've stated. And sometimes, you know, we're taught as wrestlers when someone leans into you with too much force, that's the time to hit them with a the throw oh. and put them on their back. Because they've they've charged too far forward, um, so someone who comes at you aggressive, just human nature, um, we have to fight the urge to throw them. Mm-hmm. In, in, in lack of a better term, we have to fight. We have to find a posture within ourselves that's going to diffuse the situations. And I did, I didn't learn that lesson early on. <laughs> Um, I was one of those people if you challenge me, you better be right, you better be at the table with the rule book to show Mm -hmm. me where I'm wrong you can show me where I was wrong I wasn't so egotistical or stubborn that I couldn't change my call Mm -hmm. but uh, I was tough on coaches that just came over there and had no basis Mm -hmm. for why I should change something So uh, it was rough for me uh, coming up, doing that so um, we, we have to find it within ourselves because like I said, we throw a lot of techniques out there. Uh, we've even done a podcast. I think one of your first podcasts was, uh, you remember the title? We did. Yeah. We did.
1: Um, it was all about, oh gosh, he's going to be so mad at me now for not remembering the title of it, but it was meditation. I yes. think it was mindful meditation yes. and yeah, this specific topic, right. finding a way to center yourself because As he was making a great point, the person that was talking to us about mindful meditation, that people forget about the mind. You Mm -hmm. train your muscles, but you don't really train your brain. And that's what it is. You have to train your brain to react differently. And, I mean, to me, it's the simplest rule ever. Like what probably your mom, your grandma always taught you, you attract more bees with honey. Yes. It's so simple.
0: And tell people
1: that all the time. And that's
0: it in a nutshell. Uh, Based on that whole, it was a long podcast. But I think those that took the time to listen mm-hmm. to it uh, should have walked away with. You do. You have to change your mind, and that's what I've learned in my career, especially on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, I still go out there to do a good job, but I'm not. I'm not in that hard charger. I have to be better than you so I can step over you and get to the state tournament. I've I've achieved that goal, so I I. Do a good job. I give my best out there. But when someone wants to come and challenge a call, I've learned to, to use my mind and not my aggressiveness, my emotion, and I'll hear them out. Um, I'll I'll say something funny, or you know, I may just, I may sometimes just uh, answer their question with a question. You know, I mean, somebody will come over and says, "Well, you didn't make the right call." I said, Well, if you could use the rule book you brought with you to the table, maybe we can look at look up this rule together. And that freezes a lot of people because most coaches don't come to the table with the rule book. So when you say, Well, okay, okay, maybe I did mess up but let's use your rule book to find out where I went wrong and that's a learned skill. That's not something we teach. You have to have the confidence to be able to do that. Because what if they do have a rule yeah. book? You better be able to find the page. <laughs> so it's just little bit things like that. Uh, a, a experience is just teaches you that. Mm-hmm. Um, how to handle those situations. So I think the whole mindful meditation had some merit. It had a lot of merit um, if people listened to it and, and tried to look um, and apply it. Because the same techniques that you apply during your daily life work. On the mat,
2: mm-hmm.
0: when you have someone who's coming at you aggressively, saying, "Boy, you really screwed that up," um, most people can't can't hear that criticism. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I screwed that up? That was yeah. the best call I've made all day. Well, yeah, sometimes we have to we have to step back. And the thing that we have today that I didn't have to deal with, and a lot of the old timers didn't have to deal with, we didn't have social media.
1: Huh? We
0: didn't have people with cell phones. There's a camera on everything. (laughs) And video is the most sobering (gasps) on your performance that there is. I mean, to watch you, somebody show you a video of yourself making a call, and you have to look at it and say, ooh, that's not the right call, that's sobering. Mm. That is really sobering, and that humbles you Mm -hmm. as a person. And you have to be able to, to accept that. That, that you just been humbled on social media yeah. making a call that nobody understood. And and a lot of times the video will vindicate you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the video that vindicates me when somebody <laughs> brings me some video. You know, I had that uh, happen to me one time, uh, maybe five, six years ago. I was in a uh, varsity event and you know, I made some calls and they changed the outcome of the match. And the uh, coach... Like oh man, that, that's that, Tony. That was just wrong. You just you messed that up. And I said, well, I think I got it right, but I know you're gonna go look at your own video camera, and I know you'll come back to me later when, when there's a break in the action. Well, he came back with that video camera, and he he said, Tony, I have to apologize. You Aww. did it right, and here's the video. If you want to see it, I said, of course, I always want to see some video of me getting it right. Um, so that that is that is really hard for up and coming officials. have to live with because Mm -hmm. everybody's got a camera there's always a camera pointing at you somewhere and it's hard to escape that Mm -hmm. so it's a lot to bear
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, knowing that somebody's gonna post your mistakes on social media
1: and that's a good reminder of of back to the way you behave and the way you respond you want to respond in a respectable way that no matter what video is taken of you Mm -hmm. it's gonna. Portray you in the best light.
0: Yes, you're gonna be an honor to the profession. You're gonna, you know, turn the other cheek, and and some people look at it. uh, Like I said earlier, you know, you have to. When they take the low road, you have to take the high road, and you do not want to be on video
2: Mm -mm.
0: taking a road lower than well poop, because it don't get no lower (laughs) than that.
1: (laughs) And you were saying, you know, your daily life practices with mindful meditation or all these other different options helps you on the mat, but in reverse. Everything that you're doing and projecting on the mat helps you in your daily life, too. You can take these lessons into the way you handle pretty much any situation and become a better person out of it.
0: Oh, yeah. The conflict uh, resolution that that I know the training. I mean, I have,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, let's just say, and he can't do anything about this podcast because it's mine and yours. <laughs> There's a gentleman out there, Ray Weinsberg, who is very difficult <laughs> sometimes. And you've had to practice conflict resolution. I practice it. And we get along just fine. So I had to learn that skill because Ray and I grew up together as referees. I mean, we really did. And, and, and to this day, I mean, he, he's, you know, what is our nickname for him? Grumpy Gus, you know. And there's other nicknames out there for him, but Grumpy Gus is is is, is an affectionate one. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, just, you know, the skills we learn out there, We do carry and you know, back to the assigning world, that is very important how we deal with the referees who get frustrated with us because they're not getting the assignments. Um, How we deal with them is no different than how we have to deal with an irate coach or an irate parent or a wrestler that uh, feels they've been cheated because an official who has goals and they don't think the assigner has helped them with those goals, there's some conflict there. and like I said earlier, we have to understand the motivation of the official who is working for us as the assigner. And um, we have to be willing to explain ourselves to that official why they are uh, getting that perception that the assigner is not really there to help them further their goals. Um, so it's tough. It's, it's, it's a rewarding profession to be an assigner. Um, but it's frustrating also when you're not able to help that person achieve their goals we can't we can't get everybody to the Mm mountain top it's like I said earlier sometimes they have to we can get them in the building Mm -hmm. we can get them in the door and they have to take it from there Mm -hmm. but it's easier sometimes just to say well you gave me the wrong assignment I shouldn't have been there or you know you didn't give me a schedule that's going to uh, enhance who I am Um, and a lot of people that came up around my era, there was no cushioning assigning. Okay. You went where you were told to go, um, be it good or bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you, because you were, we were taught back to them by firing. Uh, I had to be in those tough situations with people yelling at me and I had to be able to think on my feet and those things because that just made me get better. Mm-hmm. Um, that gave me the driving the motivation as an official to say you know what I had a rough night tonight I wasn't on my game with my rules mm-hmm. I'm going home I'm going to study my rule book so next time I'm in this situation I'll be able to tell them yeah yeah no I called it based on this this and this and they take a step back and says yeah you did it right because again we didn't have video back there okay. to vindicate me I had to vindicate that I got the call right with my wit with my verbal communication skills and and that's very important Uh, for an official who wants to move up, um, communication skills. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lost art because what people put on social media sometimes has no filter. It has no, it's just like they just post their thought. Mm -hmm. And it's not even a complete thought. It's one of those voices in the back of your head that you shouldn't share with the rest of the world. So we, you know, people just, they've lost the ability to communicate properly in my mind. Yes. We don't communicate properly anymore. We don't do, um, because we don't sit face to face with That's people. That's
1: what it is. And and they've lost the art of being able to have full thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many people that can text and send messages that are, Witty and personable, and then in real life, you meet that person and they can't hold a conversation, yes. they can't connect. That is absolutely a lost art,
0: yes. And it's hard when a person with that, um, if I can't communicate as an assigner, you can't mm-hmm. communicate as an official to what you want, we don't get anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Then that, that's where frustrations are built up. We have to be able to just sit and talk with each other. I mean. Write a good email. That's mm-hmm. a lost art. Just the, the process of writing a good email. Because again, people are just so used to, what do you call it, tweeting? Yeah. The Twitter thing and yeah. the Instagram. And what are you, limited to so many words on Instagram? Uh, yep. They're used to talking in code, and like for. And no Yo. more
1: punctuations and oh, oh, Terrible. Oh, so frustrating.
0: I thought for years on social media, LOL meant lots of love. I didn't know it was laughing out loud.
1: I don't even really know what it means now. I think there's so many meetings for it. I don't know what it means.
0: You got to be able to speak the language in order to keep up. And I was behind the times. I mean, so um, that's important communication. Mm -hmm. If we can't communicate, there's always going to be a misconception or a frustration between Mm -hmm. people. Um, A lot of people look at us as assigners like, well, you know what I want. Okay, then I'm going to give you what I think you want, and it, it, it doesn't always work out that way. So
1: you have a new skill as a mind reader that I didn't know about.
0: <laughs> I I can read minds. I can I have a crystal ball that tells me this person's going to have a good day if I put them in. Um So they're, 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 that's one of the hard parts of being an assigner, um, and we aren't we aren't always the best communicators mm-hmm. because we are so busy. Um, the assigning is not our full time job. Mm-hmm. We have jobs outside of that, we have families outside of that, we have a lot of commitments that uh, require our attention. And it's hard, I mean, we have to balance all of that. And, you know, we're under a lot of pressure. Um, One of the worst parts of being an assigner are schedule changes. You know, here we think, boy, you got it, you've had this assignment for months, it's good to go. School gives us a day's notice same day notice Mm -hmm. all things have changed it's like really wow now what am i gonna do um we have a shortage of officials and that that's very frustrating um not having enough officials to try to cover everything that there's out there to cover and um with this new with this next season coming up while trying to do all these things through the pandemic we don't know how many officials we're gonna have. We don't know how many contests we're going to have. So if we do have a season, um, the assigners are going to really be in a world of hurt.
2: Okay.
0: Looking for bodies to, to cover these meets because I have a bad feeling they're not going to be there. A lot of people are going to make oh, no. some hard decisions on okay. their safety, okay. their well-being. And I don't fault people for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've been doing it since March. You have to decide... You know, do you go into that restaurant? Do you go into that grocery store? Do you go to that concert? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things you have to decide in your daily life. So why would that be any different in wrestling? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to decide. You want to go into that crowd of people and and serve Mm -hmm. and hopefully come out healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of officials are going to have to take a a good hard look at what's important to them. because this is, this is, this is, uh, every time we think that we're going in the right direction with this pandemic, we end up taking steps back.
1: We do. And I, I just read a story about, um, there are these, did you know this was a thing? There are these pandemic the COVID parties.
0: Yes. I read it this morning. Yes. I did okay. not know it. Yes. The
1: COVID parties. I hadn't heard of this. Um, I'm probably can't say anything nice. Don't say anything at all. So I'm going to bite my tongue out a lot of this because... There are these people out there that think this is a myth, Mm -hmm. that think it's not serious, think it's no big deal and it's being overplayed. And so they're finding people that have tested positive for COVID and throwing parties, and that person that has COVID is spitting in all of their drinks, at passing it around to everybody to make their point that it's no big deal. This mm-hmm. is this is not an issue. And um, a, a young man, I don't remember how old he was, do you remember? He died. He yes. passed away. And I guess his last words to the nurse was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. This mm-hmm. is a big deal. Okay.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> Did it really take that to have to figure this out?
0: <laughs> yes. I, I Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> oh. Because because this is a different society. I mean, you grew up with certain things in your life that people in my generation we didn't have all yeah. these things. So the COVID party,
1: come on, people, I it seems don't. It like common sense. Yeah, Let's be smarter than I this. I don't.
0: I don't. Uh, it's unfortunate. It is. it is. It's very unfortunate. But you know. People have to decide to do what they think is right yeah. in their day. That's that's the. Uh, a lot of people died in this country for us to have that freedom yeah. to do what others consider consider to be good things and bad things. Yeah. Um, it's it's our right to do stupid stuff sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, it's you know we we, we should be better yeah. and you know, it, it goes back to the point. I don't know how many officials are going to not want to attend the COVID party. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you, we just don't know right now. Yeah. So we'll, we will see how this, you know, things play out. Mm-hmm. It really will.
1: So let's get super real for a second here. Um, you, you had mentioned that now this is a little bit cushier for officials sort of than it ever has been. Do you think that is, is having more of a positive or a negative impact? So like you said, based, back in the day it was very different it's um, a lot easier for them
0: I sometimes wish I had had all the technology available to me back in the 80s and the early 90s that we do today but I don't know what that impact would have been I mean I, I'm fortunate enough to have been around how I was brought up and then watch how the next wave official comes along I think they're more knowledgeable faster mm-hmm. because of the, the techniques and the, the media. the When I say media, the the videos mm-hmm. and, and the recordings and things like that, we had to do everything word of mouth. You know, it was almost like we lived in the Flintstone yeah. era, uh, sitting there with a chisel and a, and a slate of granite and had to type everything out. Um, so I think the ability to teach is better mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, I think the one thing that's been lost with all this technology is the one-on-one ability to communicate Mm -hmm. properly Mm -hmm. with one another. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. trade-off you know, instantly somebody can post a video and you can learn what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't it be just as nice to sit with a group of like-minded people and talk about that video? Of what you did wrong and what you could have done better so i think the positives and the negatives don't always show up on social media mm-hmm. to hey you made a mistake but here's how you could have corrected the mistake we're so quick to point out a mistake without the without the fix it that should have mm-hmm. went with that to say hey um here's what you okay this is what you did but here's how you could have fixed it because you know Everybody everybody migrates to the blooper reel. You know, that's because that's, I notice that now on social media a lot of times. People will post their blooper reel because people get a kick out of yeah. knowing that, oh, you messed up. Ha ha, that's so funny. And we post that. We <laughs> post our mistakes, um, especially on YouTube, uh, what they call creators. A lot yeah. of them will show their blooper reel. Um, there's TV shows, uh, America's Funniest yeah. Video. Those are blooper reels.
2: Yeah.
0: Everybody wants to see the behind-the-scenes blooper reel, of you making a mistake, and to me, that's like the last thing. it's at the mm-hmm. end of your clip, or is at the end of your story? Do they forget all the things you did right up until the blooper?
1: That's a good point.
0: So, I don't know. where well, time will tell. Okay. What is the best method of of getting better?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so back to back to assigning itself. When you are looking to assign refs to different tournaments and matches, what do you look for specifically? in those rafts that you're
0: assigning? Um, I look for one, someone who, who is coming in and has a goal, has a plan. It doesn't have to be a goal to get to the state tournament, it may be a goal, I just want to give back. Mm-hmm. So they express a goal, where they want to be, what they're expecting out of this. Uh, some people it's just a financial thing, it's a mm-hmm. part-time job. But at least they've expressed that goal because that goal helps the assigner to figure out where they fit in this assigning puzzle um, that we have to deal with Um, so have a goal Um, be dedicated be dedicated to what you're choosing to do Um, once you get an assignment people are counting on you to uh, show up and do the best you can it may not be the perfect job but they're expecting you to show up and do the best you can. But you have to be dedicated to show up, even if you had a bad night the night before. You've made a commitment to the assigner, and when you make that commitment, the commitment to the assigner, you've made it to the school. Mm-hmm. And when you've made that to the school, you've made it to the wrestlers and the fans and the coaches mm-hmm. also. So it's it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So you have to be committed to get out there and and take the good with the bad. I mean. That's hard in today's world. Nobody wants to be criticized. I get it. Nobody wants to be on social media showing that you did it wrong. I get it. But you got to stay committed to what you've agreed to. Your word has to mean something. You've given your word that you're going to take this contest. And you have to stick to that. Um, And you have to have the ability to have fun. You have to. So you have to be... um, Open-minded, because once you're open-minded, you'll take the job serious, but you won't take yourself more serious. You won't let yourself rise above what it is you're out there to do. Mm-hmm. So, those are qualities that we look for. Um, there's a lot of referees. Uh, uh, Mike Bondi comes to mind. Um, he, he his claim to fame. Him and a Dion Wiley. They both have a claim to fame of. No matter what's going on out there, they find a reason to smile, Aww. and sometimes that that that, that, that is a, it's used as a as a diffusing mechanism. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just see it. Wow, they're they're having fun, you know. Um, the official that, that can that can laugh and joke with the athlete on yeah. the mat because these athletes say a lot of funny things sometimes, or they'll have just a, a thought that you know that's humorous. Um, you, as an official, have to be able to show them you're human. Mm-hmm. You know, you can laugh and joke with them, but you can also be serious mm-hmm. and get the job done. Um, there's a guy that's very good at this. It's uh, Mike Kirkus. Uh, as he's working away in, he's he's pranking kids. He's oh. telling funny stories. He's asking humorous questions. And he's not doing it to be a wise guy or anything. He's doing it to market our profession. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, this, this official... Man, he's back there joking with me and talking to me like we're friends or something, you know. Yeah. But he has that ability to do that. And that gets kids' attention, wrestlers' attention. Because at the end of the day, at our level, we're still dealing with children. And they need to see us as authority. But authority that, that can listen to them or at least, you know. And that that carries a lot for an official to have that ability to... to Bring the human aspect Mm -hmm. to what they do on the mat. So we look for that too. Um, You don't have to be a prankster, but you have to have a personality. And I guess personality is not the right word. You have to have empathy for that wrestler. So if you've wrestled yourself, you know what they're going through. Mm. They've cut weight, they're hungry, they're grouchy, (laughs) they're irritable, and they don't know you from Adam. But if you can help them get through it, then that's that's a skill set that's hard to teach. So we look for that in people because a lot of assigners, we watch the people we hire. We watch them work. And those are the things I know when I'm watching the officials I've hired. Those are the qualities I'm trying to see if they display. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they out there just robotic and, and, you know, nothing is Mm -hmm. coming of it. You know, everything they do is just methodical, but they have no human um, empathy. They have nothing to, to make people understand. Man, that guy's having fun out there on the mat. I want to be a referee too, because they're having fun um, doing what they do. Because that's a marketing tool. That's yeah. how we we market ourselves. We don't. We're we're not the glamorous sport wrestling, where everybody wants to be a referee. That ain't happening. I mean, there's enough on social media that says that ref did a bad job. But I don't want to be him. You know. So you know, those are those are important aspects. If you want to be good and get the assigners attention you have to have all those little qualities that i mentioned
1: hmm. that's good so i was going to ask you what advice do you have to officials that want to get your attention but you, you answered it i mean that's it those kind of people you notice you guys are watching maybe that's a good thing to let all these referees know in case they didn't pay attention you guys are watching
0: we are watching and we have eyes and ears everywhere just because one of us can't be where you are Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we don't have an official or a coach Mm -hmm. or a fan that knows us that's not going to say hey tony man that official you had over at at school abc did an outstanding job you know you need to get that guy more work um word of mouth is very important in what we do Mm -hmm. because if you had a bad day, of course, that's coming back to us quick before you even leave the building. Oh. But if you have a good day, we're going to hear about that just as equally mm-hmm. as fast because there's a lot of people out there to respect what we do, and they will pass on, "Hey, this person did a good job. Uh, this is this is somebody you want to keep mm-hmm. promoting and, and doing things." So, yes, we we see and hear a lot more than people realize mm-hmm. as assigners. Okay.
1: Well, I don't envy you. The job as an assigner is tough work, um, but you guys do it so well. Is there anything else you want to say on the topic of assigning?
0: Um, again, I'm just going to, you know, cap it off with uh, communicate with your assigner. Um, be patient with your assigner. Be realistic with yourself. Are you ready? Are you capable of the assignments that you're asking for? Um and that's hard to look in that mirror and and criticize yourself and say I think I'm ready. No, the assigner needs to know you're ready. You have to have that type of confidence. Um, and if they, can, if they can just come up with those couple of things and honestly say I'm ready to hear the criticism, I'm ready to get better or I've heard everything that you've had to say and I, I'm give me that assignment, then nine times out of ten, you'll get what you're looking for. Hmm.
1: That's good to know. If you guys have any more questions on assigning or any other topics, make sure you put those in the comments. We will try to address all of them. If there are topics you guys want to know more about that you want to hear from Tony or you want to hear from an expert in the field, make sure to stick those in the comments below. And, Tony, thanks for another awesome episode.
0: Well, thank you once again <laughs> for taking the time out of your, what you know, if we didn't have the pandemic, it would be an extremely busy day. Um, and, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast because we knew we had time and yeah. others needed something to kill the time. So, uh, again, thank you for uh, doing what you do. And, you know, hopefully pretty soon this will pay off. and. We will uh, get to watch your social media and watch you uh, grow into that next level. It won't be in wrestling, but it'll be in something. Uh,
1: I know, spoiler alert for those listening, there may possibly be another podcast coming soon. We'll see, so everyone stay tuned. But you guys, make sure you keep following Tony Clark and listening to Sound the Whistle with Tony Clark. Check into the next episode soon.
0: Thank you, Susan. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure and follow me on Instagram, ilwrestlingref, or you can follow me on Twitter at assignerguy, A-S-S-I-G-N-R-G-U-I, to be notified of new podcast
2: episodes. Thank you and have a great day.